This is episode number 26 with Molly Patrick, the clean food dirty girl. Welcome to the Herpreneur Lifestyle Show. I'm your host, Annette Lakovich. Join me as I bring you the most cutting edge, coolest people in the planet to help you live a bigger, fuller life as a female entrepreneur. More health, more wealth, more happiness as you continue to grow your extraordinary business. Now, let's go. Woman now attracting easy money. Wow. In your business, your relationships, you can have it. Your self-esteem with speaking another language. It's official. Raise your glasses. Your business is now speaking to the masses. Hello there. Aren't we having the most beautiful winter? My gosh. It looks like summer's day today and we're in the middle of winter and um, it's beautiful. (laughs) Touch wood, hey? I want to have a quick conversation with you before we bring Molly on just about effort versus results. I had this crazy thing that happened to me yesterday. It was like a big aha moment. I had a lot of time to think about this aha moment because I was stuck in a car park at a gym for 17 minutes when all I wanted to do was go on the bike and do interval training for 15 minutes. So I was in the car longer (laughs) waiting for this car park than actually being in that gym on that bike. Something really struck a chord with me because I realized the value of the investment of time or investment of effort for the value going to get in return of that activity. I ended up just going, this is ridiculous. Why don't I just drive down the street and walk up? I need to exercise anyway. (laughs) So I did that. And it just made me think about just life in general, where the effort and the investment that it takes for you to get a result that you want And for me, I knew that I had dancing last night. It was all good, but I really wanted to get that interval training in the morning because I know it's a big game changer with the fat burning and the energy zones. So for me, even though it was the hassle of driving down the road and having to walk back to the gym and then do only 15 minutes on the bike where I waited 17 minutes in the car park, I knew the value of that session, what it would give me in return. And sometimes in life, that's what that output is, isn't it, in business. We put so much into our business, and our family see it, and our partners see it, and our friends see it, and they really sometimes don't even get to see that reward afterwards, the value that comes after all the labor-intensive work that you've been doing and the stress that you've been putting in it, <laughs> into it. And Even just today, I just got off a coaching call with one of my beautiful coaching clients. She runs a very successful business up in Queensland. And I said to her when I first started coaching her that I think webinars would just take off. Now, if I ever work with you and I tell you that, please do it because every client I've done that with, they are making ridiculous amounts of money, more money than I'm making. (laughs) So I know when a webinar suits a specific business and We'd been working together for about six months and she finally did the webinar and her results were absolutely amazing. It was a lot of hard work at the start. It was a month of, you know, lockdown, typing out about 15 different emails for the sales funnel, getting a webinar recorded, getting the perfect script. We laid it all out in one of her training sessions anyway, and she had to record it. And it worked like magic. She got 507 people register, which is humongous. And she had a 33% conversion of the people that actually turned up. She had 110 people of the 507. And this is what happens. We do have this no-show rate that happens with webinars. And we have to allow for that. And the more people that register, the higher the no-show rate. Her show rate was about 23%. We normally run around 25, but I'm still extremely happy with that based on the amount of people that she actually registered in the first place. Out of those 110, the benchmark is normally standard is 10% for webinars. The system that I teach gets you up to about 20, 22%. She had a 33% conversion. (laughs) You can imagine I was just um, (laughs) doing high fives over the coaching call. We would do it through Zoom. So we're high-fiving each other through the camera. And it just really just shows, I don't know where you are at the moment with your business. You might be doing a lot of hard yards at the moment and just understand there is a light at the end of the tunnel 
And that lights normally you. You see how brilliant you really are, how brilliant your ideas are, how brilliant your business is and how much it helps people. Or perhaps you're at the other end of the tunnel. You already know about the hard yards that you've done. Look, in business, it's never normally easy. We normally continually have hurdles that we need to jump. It doesn't matter if you're in the startup, the growth or the the scaling stage. Every stage can be challenging. And every stage as you go up, the challenges seem to get more and more, um, have more and more dollars attached to it. (laughs) But I just wanted to give that shout out just because I was thinking about that value versus time, the amount of effort that I put in to create a new program or a new product or a new event. And the event itself or the product itself is over and done with in a jiffy. (laughs) But you realize the value of that. And that's also for coaching as well. I've known, I've, I've actually invested in coaches over $100,000 and the return that I get is outstanding. I have to do the work. Don't get me wrong. I have to do the work to implement the stuff that I'm working with them on. But this year in November, I'm doing it again. I'm investing in myself to really invest into a very short workshop over in America but it's really just to stretch myself and to put myself in a new pool of fish. And I do that every couple of years, just really uh, get myself out of my comfort zone. The workshop is the length of the flight over there and the flight back. But I know the value of what that workshop is going to bring me. So that's just some food for thought for the today. We just if don't know where you are at the moment, but just remember sometimes there's a lot of investment that happens in time, in money but it's always the value and reward that you get in return. Now, just a quick heads up, there is still one seat waiting for you. I don't know who you are, but there's one of you ladies listening that needs to be in that boardroom session. It's like this seat is being saved for that perfect woman in business. (laughs) I don't know who you are, though it's like this seat is being saved for someone. For my very private, intimate group, Billionaire Babes Boardroom Session in September. But you know that you need my help in sales, in mentorship, whatever it is, or you are dreaming about being plonked in that room of women. So if that's you, click the link below. There's going to be two links today. There's going to be one for Molly and there's going to be one for that boardroom session. It is an intimate group. Um, If you're wanting just those eyes on your business, if you need help getting out of your head and helping somebody else see your business for what it is, all those next moves, the next income stream. Uh, I don't know what it is, but I know it's waiting for someone special. (laughs) So if you're listening, please grab your seat now. Grab it. It's there for you. (laughs) Now talking about business highs and lows, holy shit. We go over everything today with Molly I had a stack of questions for her and it was on the whole holistic side of business. It was on her, her growth. She talks about giving up alcohol and what difference that made in her business, about being truly in alignment. It is such a great interview. She's an open book for you. She shares so much to help educate you with your business growth and also the highs and lows personally as well. So a little bit more about Molly. She is the clean food, dirty girl. She has a mass following on Facebook in her private group of 35,000 members. She's absolutely passionate about motivating people to eat more whole plant food and has an extremely popular blog, The Clean Food Dirty Girl, and it's been seen on HuffPost and many other print publications. Molly lives over in Hawaii with her wife, and it's really interesting when you hear the story about their dynamics with their yin and the yang of their strengths and their weaknesses and how they end up building a business out of that. Let's get the show on the road. Let me introduce you to Molly Patrick, The Clean Food Dirty Girl. Hey, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, look, um, I stalked you online. I think I was stalking you probably for about 90 minutes, which is one of the longest stalks that I have had because (laughs) I found you so intriguing from the no BS that you give um, in information, in who you are, how you share just your journey in life, which is what I love to do with my listeners. 
and how you mix just life, food. It's all life anyway, isn't it? But how you just bring everything together to be able to make sure that people have the best lifestyle possible. And then I sort of got into your sales funnel and checked out the stuff on the drinking, giving up the alcohol and sent an email to my girls saying, we've got to get her on the show. So I want to start with your very, very interesting story. Because you Which have, one? They have so yeah, many. <laughs> okay, you have the upbringing of what most children don't have the experience of. So can we start with just your upbringing? Because that's obviously sets the whole foundation of a lot of the things that come out with who you are today. Totally, totally. So yeah, I mean, I was raised in a really non-traditional way. My parents were big, like hippies from the 70s, and they instead of, you know, buying a house and, and a regular house and doing the whole, like, you know, regular thing, they bought a piece of land and they hand built their house. It was one of these things where they did it themselves. They made like each Adobe brick by, by hand. They gathered all of the, the stones and they gathered all of the wood for the Vegas and, and bit by bit, they did it by themselves. So in that process of them building their home, out on the land that they bought, we had no electricity, no running water, no inside plumbing. So it was very, very, it was like camping, really. Unbelievable. <laughs> so what did the house look like? Are they still there today? <laughs> they are not. They had to, they rented out. They had to move. Uh, my dad had some health issues, so we had to move to a bigger town. It's a really small town in New Mexico where I grew up. Uh-huh. So they're not there. The house is there, but it's beautiful. They, they, it's like a little commune. Like they made different structures and like they wanted their room to be totally separate from the rest of the kids because they wanted privacy and they wanted to give their kids privacy. So they made our own structure. The, the kitchen was separate. So it's like this little hippie commune. Um, but before we moved into the house, my dad made or pitched, I don't know if you'd call it pitch, but he put up a teepee. So like a traditional like Native American canvas teepee and that's where we lived while they were building the house wow so it was a very unique way to grow up and I didn't think about it at the time because that's just what it was right I didn't know anything different I had a my best friend was a neighbor who grew up in a school bus so it was kind of like this bunch of hippies got together and uh you know bought land next to each other and like raised all their kids so I just thought it was normal but then as I you know, grew up and started going to school and visiting other friends, I realized this isn't, this, this is definitely different. (laughs) And so it was something that I was actually really embarrassed about for a long time. I didn't want to invite people over because I had an outhouse and I'm like, that's going to be super weird having to explain that. And so it's something that I was really, really embarrassed about for a long time. And then I didn't talk about for a long time until, you know, I realized that that's actually pretty unique and it's a big part of my story. So talk about it. (laughs) Yeah. And so what age was it when you went to school, when you started to see that that difference between you and the other kids with how they lived Mm, probably like you know by the time I was 10 or 11 it really hit home because then I would start going to sleepovers and seeing how other people lived and I definitely didn't want to have a sleepover at my house like I remember thinking I never have anybody over at my house yeah um and looking back man it was such a cool way to be brought up because it, it, it helps me in who I am in a lot of ways, but I've always been a very like a humble kind of person and not, not fussy at all. And mm-hmm. like really low maintenance. That's why, you know? Yeah. And also like I can, my, my partner and I will like, we travel a lot and there's certain, like she has to have a really clean bathroom to be mm-hmm. able to go to the bathroom. And I'm like, I can like go to the bathroom anywhere, you know? Like, so it's just like little things like that, that I, you know, came to appreciate later in life. I love that. So when did this, when did, when did it start with you being totally vegan? Because I know that you've never eaten meat. I remember hearing mm-hmm. you say that you've put meat in your mouth once accidentally or something as a child but can you take us with how did it actually come about were your parents actually vegan my mom was growing up vegetarian and then she when I was younger she had a gallbladder attack and now she didn't eat meat she but she ate a lot of cheese and a lot of dairy and a lot of like milk and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and so she went to a doctor and she actually had a doctor that said you know we can do surgery and she didn't want to do surgery and he said well instead of surgery drop the dairy and let's see what happens and that was pretty radical in like the late 80s when it happened but she tried it so she went totally vegan and then you know she lost about 30 pounds she got really healthy she didn't have to have her gallbladder removed and so that sort of so growing up we didn't eat any meat and then when she went through that stage then she started cooking more vegan but I didn't become totally vegan 
until 2008, actually. Mm-hmm. Wow. And what was that that actually made you just go, that's it, going totally vegan? Was there a significant shift that happened for you? I was actually working for a vegan company or vegan restaurant and I was doing restaurant stuff with them. And, um, and I just felt like kind of a fraud, you know, like working for somebody who has this great mission and I myself wasn't vegan. So I was like, you know, I should just try to ditch the dairy and ditch the eggs. Cause it doesn't feel like, I just kind of feel like I, sh- that's what I should do. Right. To be, or else I'm, you know, I just felt like kind of dishonest or I needed to believe in what we were going for, yeah. you know? And if I didn't experience that myself, then how was I going to like help customers? get there and, and, and make it good. So I did it as a little experiment. I was like, all right, I'll do two weeks without cheese, without creamer. Cause I do creamer in my coffee and you know, no eggs. And so I did it. And after two weeks, I was like, wow, I feel really, really good. And I don't feel like I need any, I, I need to go back. So um, I felt so good actually that I quit drinking coffee cause I had a lot mm-hmm. more energy and I just never looked back. Now, I was sort of bordering on junk food vegan for a few years before I went whole food plant-based, which is what, mm-hmm. what our business is about. Um, but that's another story. But since 2008, I've been vegan. Mm. So then how did Clean Food Dirty Girl come about? How did that all start with you going, hey, I'm going to do blogs, and now I'm going to do recipes, now I'm going to have food meal plans? How did it all start off with you doing that? Yeah, kind of random. I mean, I I knew I wanted to have a business where I was location independent. Mm -hmm. So I love to travel. I don't have kids. I don't want kids. And I want to continue to travel. Great employee. (laughs) You don't want kids for that. (laughs) For for sure not that, right? For sure. Yeah, I just never was a great employee. I never I never really liked going to a job and Mm -hmm. I it just never felt like a good fit. Even jobs that I enjoyed, I just felt like I I wanted to say my I I wanted to say what I wanted to say. And I and I just wanted to be myself. And in a lot of jobs I was in, I was always being kind of censored or not taken seriously Mm -hmm. or or whatever. So I knew that I wanted my own thing. I knew that I wanted to be location independent. So I knew that I wanted it online. And I knew that it was probably going to be around food because I, I, I really, really love, um, you know, helping people eat healthier. And so I started doing like writing cookbooks, self-publishing cookbooks on the side as like a weekend project. And I had no idea what I was doing. I just decided to do that and start a little blog that went along with that. And I did that while I was working. And then my partner, my wife now, she is um, in the tech tech side of things. Mm -hmm. And so she also was a great employee. She also didn't want to go to a job. So we just had, we just brainstormed, you know, for a long time. Like, what can we, how can we put our skills together and kind of marry them to come up with, with an awesome offering to people and an awesome business and life for ourselves. So we both got fired in 2013. And when we both got fired, we were like, you know, let's not update our resumes. Like, fuck it. Let's just uh, do our own thing. Yeah. So we were living in San Francisco Bay Area, paying a lot of money in rent, really kind of burnt out on the traffic. But we had a little bit of savings. So we decided to move to Arizona, where it was super cheap to live, and just start full-time creating a, a, you know, really putting a lot of energy into the the little website and blog that we had started when we were doing, when we were doing books. So we started full-time in 2014 and slowly it just kind of, we we kept going and kept going and kept going and it wasn't working, but we kept going and it was really frustrating for for about two years. Just, you know, we didn't have our offering rights and we weren't making any money and we just, you know, I mean, we threw a lot of spaghetti (laughs) on the wall. And And we've all been there. The listeners now are either going through that right now, right? Or we've been there. I've been there and it's a shittiest time. hard, man. Yeah. yeah. That's a hard phase. That's a hard phase to be in, but it's also really exciting because you're, you, you get to do so much creative work mm. and it's like this time of exploration and, and, and trying shit that doesn't work is such a, uh, a blessing really, because then you get to learn and tweak and grow and, and change things. And so looking back, it was actually a very cool time, but while I was in it, Oh man, it was, yeah, there was yeah. some, some rough, some rough nights, but, uh, we just kept going. And then we had a plan that as soon as we were profitable and we were making money, we would move to Hawaii, which mm-hmm. we had visited here a few times and we just loved it. And so 2016, we, in March, I believe we had made enough money and we were, it looks like we were going to keep making enough money. So we booked a one-way ticket and we set a date and then we moved that, that June. 
as soon as you make a decision, you know, the universe can just open up for you to really align everything that you want. What was then the biggest difference in the business from there? Did things really start to shift or more ideas start to come along from that when you fully committed? I, and I, I think that that fully committing happened about like six months before we were able to book that ticket. Mm -hmm. So I've had a really horrible relationship with alcohol for since I was about 15 years old, 14, Mm -hmm. 15 years old and, uh, abused alcohol and was a very heavy drinker and smoker. I loved to smoke and I loved red wine and I just, I, I did way too much of it. And so I actually made it, well, I had tried to quit several times, um, and didn't work. And so I finally really committed to that. Actually, um, three years ago, it was it was June fourteenth, my three year sober anniversary. Mm-hmm. Once that happened, and yeah. once I stuck to that, that is when the shift, like huge, huge shifts happened, and really quickly. Yeah, I remember hearing you say that there was a massive difference in the business. You were talking about the numbers and the amount of followers, mm-hmm. like everything just totally changed. So that was before you went to Hawaii, was it, when you actually yes. stopped the alcohol? Mm-hmm. Right, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. What, that- what would you think was some of the shifts then or the significant things that you did in the business? Because you've got a great following now. You've got over 30,000 members um, on your Facebook. You've got a great database of um, people following you you've got your meal plans what are some of the things you did because we've got people on here now they're ladies that are wanting to start a blog post there's ladies that want to be able to get really more of a community and a tribe what are some of the biggest things that you've learned the good and the bad like obviously we learn from from the pitfalls um that you could mm. pass on to the ladies what to do what not to do or some of your best advice there there is no one right answer obviously mm-hmm. to this because everybody is so unique and their challenges are are different there's such i mean we're all so beautifully different that it's like my experience is going to be totally different from somebody else's but for me i i just i i had this deep feeling before i quit drinking that i wasn't living up to my potential mm-hmm. and i wasn't and I wasn't giving my full self to our audience, the audience that we did have, because we had a, a, a decent sized audience before I quit drinking. But I just felt like I wasn't, like I could give so much more and that I wanted to. And also I just had this feeling like I was meant to give so much more and I was just holding myself back. And I also just felt very spiritually bankrupt mm-hmm. and just like tired in my bones. And when you feel that way, you're, it's going to be hard to inspire other people. The, the, the times when I would inspire people was when I was really, really honest mm-hmm. about the shit that I was going through. And, and I talked about it on my blog, like my attempts to, to quit drinking or just like having a really shit day and stuffing my face with like cheesy pretzels or, or whatever. And those are the things that inspired people. But at the same time, like that's great. But if I clean up my act, I know that I can do amazing things mm-hmm. and, and we can take this business to a really awesome place. So I just, I just knew, like I knew my eyes are blue, you know, yeah. it was just so for me to, to see that now actually doing it was, was another thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it was, it was hard, but it was worth it. But I think, you know, if anybody is feeling just not connected to their audience or to their business or just not feeling inspired or motivated to produce content or to, you know, whatever it is you're doing, then stop and take a look around and see what you can tweak in your life so that you can get to that place of being really inspired. Because then, you know, once you are inspired and really like your messaging is coming out of your like pores and you're like living and breathing it, all of a sudden, like you're you're like a magnet to people. Mm, That's so profound. Like everything you've just said then, um, it's just, it's everything that I think I was going through last year with the transition that we spoke about pre-chat and just, I knew there was other stuff that I really wanted to do and I wasn't sure how to make that transition. But then I realized it's everything I do with my clients anyway. It's all empowerment just start writing about it. Just start sharing my journey. So I get what you're saying there. And I'm sure there's so many women that are listening that that's just profound what you've just said. I just felt like you were just up on stage then just shining the big light, big message that we all (laughs) need to hear. Thank you so much for that. Share your insights with us about why we should be eating more plant-based foods. My belief is, and I've seen it, so I know it's true, it's not me just saying this, but 
plant food has energy. It has so much more energy than, let's just say, meat that is cooked. So I've actually seen tests done on what's called the auric scale, which is how much oxygen food actually has. So my belief is when you're actually eating plant-based food, it's actually increasing your vibration level. It's increasing your energy. It's like you can nearly feel it when it goes inside. Now, I'm not full vegetarian at all. I do love my meat, but I choose very carefully what meat I have. Um, I make sure it's chemical-free. I make sure that it's wild fish and there's all different stuff that I have there. Tell me about what you know about plant food that can inspire us to eat more of it. You know, how long do you have? Um, but I'll, I'll say this. Okay, a couple of things. First of all, it, it's twofold, right? When you, when you kind of switch to a plant-based diet or even just adding more plant-based foods in your diet, mm. because I think that, you know, so, so many people are like, it's, an, it's all or nothing at all type of thing. And if you're mm. not doing 100% plant-based and they're trying to, then they're, they're a failure and they'll just say, fuck it, and may as well go yeah. through fast food, right? And so no. I think that, that <laughs> it's, it's important not to put too much emphasis on like doing it 100% correct, because mm-hmm. I don't even know if there, there I, I don't believe that there is 100% the correct way to eat for every person. Yeah. You know, I think that we're very different. I think that the most important thing is that you shouldn't stress out about it because that will, that added stress will add other, you know, uh, issues in your life and in your health. But it, so it's kind of twofold. It's like the more plants you eat, and I'm talking about like not, not vegan junk food, not vegan ice cream and vegan cheese and vegan sour cream. I'm talking about, you know, kale and sweet potatoes and sunflower seeds and, you know, all of the beautiful plant foods. Mm -hmm. When you, when you add more of those into light to your, to your diet and to your life, you're amping up the nutrient density of your diet. And so that means per calorie that you eat, you're getting more nutrients, more phytochemicals and antioxidants and wonderful fiber and minerals and vitamins. Um, so the more of that you eat, the better your immune system is going to be, the better you feel. Um, but then there's this other thing of then when you ditch kind of the, the food that's not nutrient dense, maybe the, the junk food or the pizza or just the, the crap food, mm-hmm. then you're avoiding all the, all the nasty stuff that your body doesn't, doesn't do well on. So it's kind of like this beautiful thing that can happen of getting rid of some of the crap and then adding in more good stuff. Mm. So, and, and the approach that I, that I take is like, Hey, no matter where you are, like, on your journey with food because because food is such a personal thing food is such an emotional thing and we all have different relationships with it and are also connected to it in different ways but no matter where you are on your journey like you can't tell me that eating a big beautiful wonderful salad isn't an awesome thing to do Mm. so you know what if you just do that one thing you know through three days in a row and just try it then awesome start there yeah and then don't beat yourself up if you don't follow follow that way of eating all the time because i think it's just too much pressure Mm. it's really interesting because my husband comes from a very european background and um when we started dating, we've been together for 18 years now, but when we started dating, you know, the only vegetable that he would ever eat would be mashed potato. <laughs> so to see that transformation now where he has so much um, vegetables in his life and to be able to learn to acquire that taste um, and then to mm-hmm. even sneak the things in because from what I've heard with your wife, she doesn't like kidney beans. Is that right? And you put. She does not like kidney beans. And you you, you make a dish because my husband hates avocado. Well, he thinks he does. But then I make this morning smoothie and it's in there. And he has no idea. Tastes yeah, right. yeah, I love I love tricking her. I mean, that's why she's my wife is from Malaysia. She eats everything. She is far from plant based. She eats better now than she did ten years ago when we met. But she has no interest in really going all the way plant based. However, she doesn't like to cook. And so I'm constantly cooking. So she Mm -hmm. eats mostly what I make, but like, I found that there's, if somebody just Googles, you know, plant-based, whatever macaroni and cheese, chances are you're going to get a recipe that's not awesome because there's a lot of not awesome plant-based recipes out there. Mm -hmm. Um, and so if you have, if you have the right recipe and, and we have great recipes, but there's other people online that has great recipes too. But if you know how to cook with plants, like if you know how to use spices, for example, if you know how to like saute onions, right. Or, or even just how to, uh, dice things in, in the right size, like the texture plays such an important role. So there's some little things that you can do that really makes it a lot better. And so like, for instance, kidney beans, I make a like cauliflower, um, kidney bean 
walnut like taco mix Mm -hmm. you know and I put that on tacos and then put like hot sauce and some like salsa and some avocado and some lettuce and she will eat those tacos like there's no tomorrow but like give her a bowl of kidney beans like of course she's not gonna eat those yeah so it's and, and the palate does change I will say too because she's eating stuff now that she may not have liked when she was like eating a ham sandwich for dinner mm-hmm. and that's all you know that's the best thing she ate all day because your palate really does have to go through that adjustment yeah. phase if you're really used to a lot of salt sugar and fat mm, for sure how do you come up with your 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 recipes is it something that you're just experimenting with and just go, let's just put this together. You try it at home. You go, gosh, that's good enough to tell the world. Like, how do you actually feel proud <laughs> enough to go, okay, I'm putting this online. I am publishing this baby. Yeah. I mean, you know, we do, we our, our core offering are meal plans. And so we do one meal plan a week. And so that's, um, and we incorporate something called batch cooking. So you do a bunch of cooking on one day of the mm-hmm. week. And then we tell you kind of how to put those batch cooking items together for weekly dinners. And so that's one a week. And those are all pretty much new recipes. So we're like a recipe cranking machine. Now, when, before we brought on staff, I was doing it all, all of it myself. And I think it's exactly what you said. I mean, I just experimented and I was like, okay, well, if I, if it passes, if it passes my test and if it passes Luann's test, my wife, and and Mm -hmm. she thinks it's good, then we have like the plant-based people covered and the meat eaters covered. So it's probably good to go. Now, that's not to say everybody loves every recipe because they definitely don't. But at least if you can get it, you know, the taste test passed past two people, it's usually okay. But mm. it just was a lot of experimenting, a lot of playing around, a lot of just playing with my food and playing in the kitchen, which I love to do. But it I got to the point that. where I couldn't do it alone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know, yeah, um, so we brought on two, two people. So you've got a few people to help out now with the experimentation. And you know, yeah, this yeah we do. Stuff's awesome. Um, just for the listeners, um, Molly's actually given you the eight most popular plant-based recipes that she has. It's a download. Um, when you grab it, you're going to see stuff that actually looks like these are for my meat eaters. Um, the, there's a plant-based meatloaf. That is actually that was the first thing that stood out when I was starting to research you. It was that one. I was like, oh my gosh, my husband would eat that. Um, and I even love how you've got things that are really like American. Like you always hear about the buffalo chicken wings over in America and you've got the, the buffalo cauliflower wings. Um, you've got the pad thai and Thai dishes are just, you know, huge here. And I'm a burger girl. And I was just in Hawaii actually not long ago. Man, I couldn't wait to have a burger over in America. And your burgers actually look like a proper meat burger, so I'm all over it. Um, So, guys, that's a download for you um, today, and it's got um, some of her best recipes on there. I would love to talk about just the evolution of your business because you said Mm -hmm. you started just flirting with the idea of, like, just publishing some e ebook cookbooks how did it all sort of evolve was it your audience telling you that they needed stuff to get your business Mm. to evolve yeah so the timeline kind of went like this the best i can remember okay so we start i started doing the 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 cookbooks we did two and we self-published them on, on Amazon so you could get the download or if like a physical book. And Luann built a website and I was like, okay, well, I heard that we should have a blog if we're going to do anything. So we just kind of made a blog thinking that I should have one. And I was very inconsistent with it. It was not interesting. It I wouldn't go and read it. Like it just wasn't good at all. Um, I wasn't, you know, I didn't know what I was doing really. I didn't spend a lot of time doing it, but I just put something up. And were and then, you doing that because you felt like that's what you needed to do? That was the only idea that you had? Or this is what people do if they're growing an online business, they do blogging. So I should yeah. do blogging. Is that pretty much what it was like? Yeah, yeah. Because I I can come from like a restaurant background. And so the whole online world to me, I had no, like zero experience with it at all. And my wife at the time had like e-commerce experience, but not like not what we do now, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a whole different thing, but yeah. So I just was like, Oh, well, everybody does a blog. So I'll do a blog. And so that kind of coincided with the cookbooks. And I look back and the cookbooks were shit. Like I, I did not, I was not good at writing recipes. They just weren't good. There's, they were as good as I could do at the time. But looking back, and like, I'm really glad that I didn't let that stop me from doing it. Yeah. Um, and were you, you get better? Yeah. And were you oblivious at that time though? Cause sometimes it's beautiful to not realize. Yeah. yeah no, I thought my <laughs> shit was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best part, right? It's, 
<laughs> when you don't know what you don't know and then you just do shit. Um, so yeah. then how did my them- mom was like, oh my God, it's perfect. Cause my mom's always saying well, everything I do is perfect. I'm like, oh, yeah, my mom it. likes it, you know? Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I thought that it was, that I was doing a great job. So, um, so then after that, we, we kind of, when we started working full, full time on the business, I decided to send out, um, one email a week. Mm-hmm. And then keep that really consistent. So I've sent out a Saturday email at 9 a.m. Pacific time for the past like four years in a mm-hmm. row. I have never missed one. So when we decided to do this full time, I thought like, okay, I have to be consistent and I really have to stick to it and, and work really hard. Even though we're not getting paid any money, I still have to do it every week and I still have to bust my ass. So I started doing a weekly email, a weekly blog post, and we just started playing around with different offerings. Mm -hmm. And at that time, I mean, when we started full time, we didn't have much of an audience at all. Um, We had, I think, 120 people on our email list Mm -hmm. and about the same amount on like a public Facebook page. So that's kind of our numbers at the very beginning. Yeah. And when I started sending out the emails, I decided when I got fired from the job and started this, I was like, okay, this is my chance just to be really authentic and to be really honest mm-hmm. and to find my place and to just talk about real life stuff. And so as soon as I kind of started doing that, all of a sudden people would forward the emails to their friends and they really responded well to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I started talking about the fact that Luann wasn't vegan and I started getting away from that whole thing. Cause we were actually worried cause she wasn't vegan. I'm like, Oh, the vegan world's going to be so upset. And I was like, no, fuck it. We're not, we're just, we're just going to help people eat more plants. Like we don't really care yeah. about falling in line with one group or another. Mm-hmm. So those were some big shifts. And then we just, yeah, just tried different offerings, different programs. And it, it wasn't really that our audience told us what they wanted, but they definitely told us what they didn't want because they weren't buying anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the numbers, okay, that didn't work or this yeah. isn't working. So we just kept pivoting. Mm. And what I love about the meal plans is it. I think it teaches those that don't know how to experiment because for me, when I first started really getting into, let's just really be whole food, like no processed stuff, nothing in packets, nothing in jars. It was learning to use like the spices. It was learning to experiment. Um, and I think what I love about your meal plans is that it stops that. It stops the person from going, okay, I'm just going to have a boring dinner. It, it teaches them how to really make something quite exotic and really exciting and align it with stuff that they're used to. Like I said, those buffalo cauliflower wings, like they're used to seeing that everywhere in the States, right? <laughs> Without the cauliflower. So I love that about it. How quick did it, how quick did it like lift off when you started to do the meal plans to get that into a membership base? Mm, we, that kind of came as like a secondary thing. I, the first offering that actually started getting some traction and started Mm -hmm. making us money, uh, like a six week program to kind of, uh, help people make that transition from eating kind of a standard Uh American diet to a based diet. So I did like an online kind of program for that. And that's when we were like, okay, this has legs. I think, I think this is going to work. I don't think Mm. that we have to get jobs or worry about, you know, how we're going to pay the damn rent. Yeah. So that, that was very well received. And so, and that's something that we've done every year since it's just a one, one year live life program. But we had, we, we work with the, um, business, she's kind of like a business coach and one of our friends. And we were talking one day and said, okay, well, these people who are coming off from your, your program, what do you have for them to help them stick to this? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, well I could throw together some like meal plans and just basically write down what I'm eating and just, you know, like put that in, in like a very like loose meal kind of meal mm-hmm. plan. So in the beginning they were very, like they were very simple. And so at that point, we offered it to only the people who had gone through that program. Mm-hmm. Like if you want to extend, then you can get these meal plans. And also I had offered like a monthly kind of uh, call with them as well. So we kind of packaged it up into a membership. Mm-hmm. And so that's how that initially came about. And then right. as we went through it, we, we got the feedback that, you know, the meal plans are what people want. That's what they want. They don't want the rest. So we had to then, negotiate the, uh, tricky business of like changing the price and changing the offering and changing the, you know, all the copy and all the sales page and that whole thing yeah. and you pivot. But we, we were so used to that cause we had done it so much. So then eventually then we just decided to do $20 a month recurring and just do the meal plans. And so that's over time, it kind of turned into that. Mm. Um, and that's what we still do do at this point. 
Love it. It's interesting when, yeah, the evolution of a business or a product or a service, how it gives you that next step. And I love how that was such a great question that your coach asked you, which was, what have you got as like a retention strategy to hold on to them or to, yeah. to keep servicing them? What would you say a good piece of advice would be for some of the listeners that are wanting to really just pivot? They're trying to in, incorporate more healthy eating. Um, what is something that you do to be able to make the shift easier or that you give advice to? So when somebody's making that pivot from going, okay, I'm, I'm going from heavily processed foods or doing takeaway all the time to actually really starting to cook and have more healthier meals, what's a good way for them to be able to stay on track or to really help with that pivot? I think that one really important thing is to be prepared like when you eat this way, it's you, you have to have some things that are ready to go and easy to make yeah. or that are already prepared in your fridge. Cause when we're hungry, like we just need to eat now. Mm-hmm. And if we don't have stuff that we can just grab and reach for, it's so easy to like order pizza or to just yeah. grab takeout on the way home. Yeah. Whereas even if you do, like I mentioned batch cooking. So even if somebody cooks like a big, like uh, batch of quinoa and maybe like a dressing and like a, a soup, mm-hmm. like, and they just have that in their fridge. They make that on a weekend. They spend maybe just even an hour in their kitchen and they have that in their fridge. Then they know that, you know, on their way home when they're super hungry, instead of going to that drive through or ordering that takeout, they know they can just come home and heat something up. Yeah. So being prepared is, is really, really I, important. I cannot support that enough. And especially because of what happened two weeks ago for me, preparation and like you're saying like even when you're just saying like just be able to go in and grab stuff and you don't realize how important that preparation is especially if you know if you're working from home we've got a lot of listeners that they're um, solo entrepreneurs or they're busy in their office and then they leave it till late to eat so for me I'll just go downstairs from my home and I know exactly what it is I've got my rocket I've got my chicken I've got my purple cabbage and everything's there to be able to make it up so quickly but the batch cooking I never got my head around until two weeks ago because I've heard about people you know batching and doing like a whole heap of dishes and I thought and I thought oh my gosh I don't want to spend a few hours on my weekend in my kitchen until two weeks ago when I got back from Hawaii and I was craving healthy food I was just like oh my gosh like I just want to go back to my I've got farmer's markets which is five minutes down the road and I bought all this stuff and I just said to my husband you take Braxton to soccer I'm going to stay here I'm going to cook for a few hours no joke, I had three different um, types of meals, recipes going, and I did up 16 batches altogether. I had to go to the supermarket to buy more containers. And it's been a yeah. dream. The last two weeks has been an absolute dream to just go to the freezer in the morning, get something out so it defrosts in the afternoon. It has been, oh, my God, those three hours that I spent on that Saturday yep, exactly. was so worthwhile. Yeah, and like yeah, you said, that's it's that really, really what it is. It mm. is. It's that preparation, and it's really you know people think okay, it's time consuming. I, I don't want to spend time on the weekend doing this, but it's like you save time during the week because you're not stressing about dinner and you're not making stuff from scratch and mm-hmm. you're saving money because you're not tempted to go out to eat. And plus, you're using what you buy at the grocery store, so it actually ends up saving a lot of money. It ends yeah. up saving time. And like, you just kind of feel like a badass after you batch cook like a bunch of food and you just know that you have it in your fridge. So that's really like what our, our meal plans are based on. And, and even for me, when I batch cook, I eat healthier during the week. Absolutely. And stop. Yeah. Yeah. And I did feel like a badass. Like my, my husband came and I'm like, look at this, like, man, I'm giving your mom some competition. (laughs) (laughs) Um, let's do a round of rapid fire questions. Are you ready? Okay. Ready. Let's do it. In your bag, handbag, whatever you carry around when you leave the house, besides your keys, wallet, mobile, what is something that you always have on you? Okay. Hmm. That's a good one. I Oh, a nail file. I always have a nail file wow. in my bag. There you go. Because I know you're a bit of a minimalist as well, so it'd be interesting to know. Yeah, I am. Yeah. No, I, I, don't, like, I don't even carry my mobile. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, yeah, phone. I guess I do have a phone. But I do have, like, the nail file never leaves the bag. It, it used to be chapstick, but I realized that I was totally addicted to it. So after I quit drinking, I was like, well, I don't want to be dependent on anything. So I actually quit chapstick and don't need that anymore. Wow, that's really um, cool. 
if I go out, I'll, I'll always bring a, bring a piece of fruit with me. Cause I know that I'll get hungry or some, like, um, I usually have some almonds or dried fruit in my bag too. Mm, interesting. Um, favorite woman in business, who do you follow that you think is just very inspirational for you to learn from or someone that you have learned from personally? So there's, there's two really, there's Marie Forleo who mm-hmm. I love and I've followed for a long time. And I actually went through her B school program, which was amazing and very, uh, life changing. Mm-hmm. And then there's uh, Ash Ambridge from the middle finger project. Um, she, yeah, I don't know if you've heard of her, but she's amazing. She's, she does copy mainly uh-huh. and, um, she has an amazing blog and amazing emails and she's like, she, I, I just adore her to bits. Fantastic. Uh, favorite right. way to exercise. So I have a practice that I do every single morning. It takes about mm, 20 minutes to 45 minutes, depending on how much time I have. And it's kind of a combination of yoga and myofascial release with, uh, balls. So oh, it's yes. stretching, it's strength building and it's mm-hmm. ball rolling all combined into one and it's delicious and I can't imagine not doing it I have to have it every day love it um do you exercise and do that to music or is it no sound at all totally totally silent because it's also sort of like my time in the morning where no one else is invited no one else is allowed I just have it totally quiet and that's kind of my time so it's sort of like a meditation as well Mm -hmm. uh worst habit oh probably you know the funny thing about this is when I quit smoking and quit drinking and I eat really healthy and I have my green smoothies I'm like I'm fucking boring like I'm so boring because I have no vices anymore I don't even do chapstick anymore my god like who have I turned into um and so my I, I would say probably like chocolate yeah like i love chocolate but even that like who the hell cares yeah. on the chocolate <laughs> i'm not giving that up <laughs> i'm not giving that up nope. what's the best piece of advice i want to take you a moment to think of this best piece of advice that you think you were given in business that really worked for you that's a really easy one actually um because i've i've done it and i see how powerful it is and how it's impacted not only my business, but also my life, but it's just, it's, and it's going to sound cliche and kind of cheesy, but it's just being authentic, be your damn self, mm-hmm. be yourself because that's how people relate to yeah. you. you know, if you're putting on airs, you can see right through that. Just if you're having a bad day, just like write about yeah. that because everybody has shit days, you know, just, just be yourself and, mm. and just own it. Love that. What would be the advice that you would give women to have a happier life? Would it be along the same lines as what you're saying with the authenticity? Is there anything else you could say to really make them have a happier life being in business, being a woman? Eat plants for sure. Get good sleep. I mean, sleep is so, so important. You know, move your body, drink your water. Just, you know, I think it goes back to like the basic stuff that keeps us really grounded. Mm. You don't have to try to do 10,000 things, like just eat some good food, get some good sleep, drink enough water, move your body and, yeah. and, and, uh, practice gratitude. Yeah. The day. I love that. You said that. So I finished the interview normally with this question. Are you ready for it? You may be going over some of the other answers, but let's just say, what's the hey, one thing, the one thing that you do on a very regular basis, daily to maximum weekly, that makes the biggest difference in your level of happiness? Mm. One, only one thing, huh? Yeah. What would be the one thing? If there's more, it's okay. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm going to say it's, it's my morning, my morning movement practice. That's, that's the one thing that I just, that I can't go without. And that when I'm done with it, I feel really proud of myself. I feel really good physically mm-hmm. because it just feels good to, to move my body and to stretch. Um, and so I, I have to say that. Um, and it's something that I do every single day without it fail. Even when I travel, I do it. Mm-hmm. And that's made a huge difference in my life. And then the second thing is like green, my green smoothie every day. Cause I do that too, like right after I do my workout. So those yeah. two things are, are key, key. Mm. You know, it's quite interesting when you talk about that, um, the ball, I can imagine that it's, it also helps shift energy at any blocked energy. Um, I can imagine, especially that- for entrepreneurs and we're sitting a lot all day, I remember being told like it's great to get one of those balls just in the middle of the day and just sort of move through it, um, get it on the ground just to shift that energy because it's sort of blocked or you're just used to sitting there physically. Um, So what a great way to start the day. 
Awesome. Yeah. And not only that, like one thing I will say too, is like when we're in, in sometimes it's like in business, it's just stressful, right? You get an email mm-hmm. that's shitty or you can't, you, you, maybe you're just like stuck on a certain blog post or you, you know, to, to get up, get up and change the energy and to move it and to be able to like release, release energy from your body. It, it's a really quick way to like clear that energy and get you kind of in a new sp- headspace. Mm. And the way that you do it, I think it's nearly like a meditation. Because meditation mm-hmm. is really you just being present in that now and just really focusing on that breath to take you there. And I imagine when you're saying like you don't do it with music and it's sort of like yoga and it's like you're just so in tune with everything that's going on. I think it's um, like a meditation practice in a way, which would be why it's also probably so addicting or, or fulfilling for why you need to do it to start that day. Yes, And I will say that I would not have gotten what I get out of it on a daily basis had I not quit drinking Uh and had I not kind of cleaned up my shit because it would have been um, not in alignment. Mm, Love that. I love your integrity. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for sharing your genius. We'll make sure that we've got all the links to your website, to the amazing download with the eight most popular plant-based recipes. Also, I know that you've got that private group uh, on Facebook as well. So we'll have all the links there if everyone wants to know more about Molly and keep following her. Uh, Thank you very much, Molly. Have an incredible day. Sending you love all the way from Australia. All right. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Man, I hope you enjoyed today's interview. I've never heard someone swear so effortlessly and still sound ladylike. (laughs) Uh, Molly is incredible. Hope you got some great value out of a thousand golden nuggets that she was just dumping throughout that whole show from helping you grow your business, secondary incomes, being able to retain your customers, creating ongoing income streams with memberships, um, the highs and lows of a business owner, nutritional support, God damn, we covered everything today. <laughs> if you loved the show, forward it to a friend. Also, to get your hands on what Molly is giving you today or to check out her website or be a part of her Facebook private group, check out the link below, annettelackovich.com forward slash Molly, and that will take you through to all the information for today. And now the gratitude portion of this show. This is how I start my day and finish my day. Also, Molly does too, if you actually heard her say that. And this is for me to be able to say thank you to you as the listener. You know, I'm just sitting here with that microphone. It feels damn lonely sometimes. And just hearing these reviews and um, getting those ratings on iTunes means such a big deal to me and really helps to boost the rating of the show. So I would love to say a big shout out to I love some of these names. She's given me five stars. Thank you very much. She says, love Annette's style. I love the podcast. Annette's voice is so easy to listen to. Thank you very much. Great content that's practical and to the point without the waffle of other podcasts. Your enthusiasm and authenticity is inspiring. This is the first podcast I have not pressed fast forward to. That's good. And can't wait to keep listening to more. Go girl. Ah, thank you, Twelfy. If you are listening right now and you love the show and you are getting a stack of content out of this, it's helping boost your levels of happiness, your levels of health, and helping you really just lift your game in business then please give me a shout out. Go to iTunes right now, click the link, give me a rating and uh, write me a review. It really helps other women as well. We have such poor time these days to be able to look at what other women are saying, what they're learning. And if you write down what you're getting out of this podcast, it doesn't just help me. It helps other women choose what to listen to in their spare time. Until next week, make sure that you do some activity that lifts your level of vibration, that helps you be that happiest version of yourself that you know. Bye for now.